Hello and welcome to the Hygiene Profit Leaders podcast, where we give you weekly tools and tips to teach you how to grow your hygiene department. We are your go-to resource on everything you need to turn your hygiene department into a profit center. My name is Rachel Paul and joining me is my amazing co-host, Vicki Collier. Hi, Rachel. Hey, Vicki. I am so happy to have Vicki um, as my co-host. She is an experienced consultant and dental hygienist. And uh, between the both of us, we figured out we've been in how many? I don't know. What, 700 like about offices. About 700 offices yeah. at this point. So, um, so we are here to share all this knowledge with you. Uh, we both love what we do, and uh, we want to just we want to give doctors and hygienists the tools to help them really just take their yeah. their hygiene department to the next level. We always say we we like to go from good to great. Right? Absolutely. So um, this is our first podcast launch. So we are so excited to have you listening to the show today. And since it is our first podcast, we thought it'd be really good to give you guys uh, some insight about who we are and really what we do. So Vicki, why don't you tell us, like, how did you get into consulting? Um, kind of a funny story. I had been a hygienist for, I guess, 19 years at that point, and uh, we were actually clients of the Scheduling Institute. I was the first consultant to be hired that had been a former client. Um, we did uh, the, the telephone training and new patient experience back when that was the only two trainings that the Scheduling Institute had to offer, and you know we've got, I don't know, 25 20, or yeah. more now. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we, it made such a difference in our office. We really saw our new patients grow. It was, it was the one thing that actually stuck in our office, the, the one uh, consulting group that we continued to work with, that we could see the results with. And my dentist retired uh, about the same time that Jay started looking for a hygiene trainer. Uh, we were growing the hygiene department, and uh, the rest is history. I knew it was a company I wanted to be associated with, and um, it's, it's been a good, it's been a great five years so far. That's awesome. And um, and we, we're we both hygienists. You've been a hygienist for? 24 now. 24, mm -hmm. okay. I've been a hygienist for 14 years. I guess we're telling our age here. Yes, but, we are. Um, uh, and I've been uh, consulting for the last uh, four and a half years. Right. And before that, I was um, I was actually a practice manager. Yeah. So that was a good experience. I always always tell offices I have a whole new respect for the front desk team right. after working on that side. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, um, but what? Anyways, welcome to this episode. Thanks. And what we're, we are going to talk about today is the importance of having a standard of care for your hygiene department. Sure. Um, and this is something we we always talk about when we go into offices is having a written standard of care. So, Vicki, what is like? Who does this benefit? Why do we make such a big deal about this? Rachel, I go into so many offices, and when I bring this up and I say, "Does your office have a standard of care?" and either it goes really quiet and you could hear crickets start to chirp, or everyone says, "Yeah, we do. It's in our heads. We know what we're, we're supposed to do," and. If you were to, to poll each person in that office, they may have an idea in their minds as to how many times they should take x-rays and when they take those or whatever, but everyone, no one is on the same page. Yeah. So I think there are a lot of benefits to having that standard of care on paper. Uh, one is that it benefits the team. If that team knows what the standards are, what, what things that you guys are going to offer in that practice, there's no question as to what is expected and what should be done every time. Consistency is among the team. And you can get a new hire up and running on day one because all that person has to do is take that standard of care, read over it, and know that they can follow those directions so that the patients are getting the same care each time. Right. Which and brings I, us to patients. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and patients. Patients want to get consistent care. 
You know, patients want to know that we do the same thing when we go to a restaurant. If our favorite meal is at, you know, our favorite restaurant and then we go one day and they leave something out, we're a little disappointed. Same thing with patients. If our team is giving consistent care to our patients, um, you're going to build trust. You're going to, um, they're, they're going to know that you guys have, have it together. Right. Um, and then also, I think it benefits the doctor. If you can get your team on, on this this written, everyone knows what's going on. You've got a written standard of care that everyone is following. The doctor does not have to, to manage the team then. He can right. know that it's sort of self-managing, that, that consistent care is being given every time without having to be, to be uh, monitored, I guess. Right, and I think this is so important because so many offices we go into, they are growing and they're sure. adding hygienists to their team. And we talk about that consistency all the time how important that is as a patient. If, if, you know, again, if I'm not, if I come in and I see one hygienist and let's just say she's recommending right. fluoride, I come back six months later and I see another hygienist and she doesn't even mention it. It's right. like it devalues. Sure. The, I agree. Right. Well, think about families. We always had families come in. And right. so you could have a whole family come in and see three hygienists that day. They get to the car after the appointment and all kind of uh, realize that they all did something different. Right. Now, I got fluoride here. Well, she didn't even offer that to me, but we did this procedure that I've never had. Why didn't she do that for me? Right. So that's what you run into. But consistency um, will, will increase the amount of trust your patients have in you, uh, I, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's like you said, you go back to the same restaurant because it's consistent every sure. time. And, and, and your hygiene department has to be consistent. And anytime it's not, that's when you start seeing those holes in the schedule. Right. You start losing that trust. Right. right. Absolutely. So how do you create a standard of care? We talk a lot about it, but like what, what should be included in a standard of care? For starters, I think we've talked about creating one. Someone has to own this. Um, I hope that you that the offices have hygiene team leaders um, who are sort of would head this up. But I think that the team as a whole has to mm -hmm. work together to create it. But you want to to make sure that it is covering every single service that 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 hygienist might offer, um, everything or that might even need to do. I think it needs to begin with um, uh, medical history. Right. How often do we have a patient fill out a new medical history? Right. And I ask that question a lot, and they say, well, once a year, but we review it every time or every couple of years, or I have a patient who hadn't filled one out in 10 years. You get a variety of right. answers. And I think that's something that's important. So if, you, if everyone's on the same page, you can plan for that. If you look at Morning Huddle and you see that, that you've got patients who need medical history, you might need to tweak your time a little bit for that or get a plan for it. Am I going to help Mrs. Jones fill out her medical history? Right. Um, but also... I think that this needs to include uh, blood pressure and x-rays right. and anything that you offer. What is your fluoride protocol? All of your protocols should be there. Yeah, I think that's a big one, too, is being on the same page with you know, what, what is a low-risk, moderate, high-risk patient for decay, and then sure. what type of products are we going to be recommending to these patients, right? right. So that if, if you know, we work in the same office and we have a patient who's a high-risk patient, I'm recommending certain products. You're recommending certain products, right? right? We're on the same page with that. Right. Um, and I love that you talked about the medical history because so many times I'll, I'll hear hygienists say, well, we, you know, we review that every time. And this is the review. Miss Jones, are there any changes in your medical history? Mm -hmm. Which, what is Miss Jones going to say? No, everything's the same. Yeah, right. Until like, the end of the appointment when she thinks to tell you that she just had open heart surgery a month ago. Exactly. That didn't come up before, yeah. I know. So we just, we want to make sure that we're really 
digging into these medical histories and when we say review them, like ask, ask them, are sure. you still taking Lipitor? Are you still like go through those list of medications because it's so important. You know, Absolutely. we talk a lot and I'm sure we're going to get into this in one of our later episodes, right. but that systemic connection, right? Sure. So um, yeah, definitely having that medical history update. You'd mentioned blood pressure screenings. How many offices do you go into that you find are doing this? Actually, I'm seeing a lot more. Um, we did blood pressure screening routinely in my office because we did IV sedation. Mm -hmm. And so my dentist wanted to make sure that every patient had a baseline. Um, we found that to be a very beneficial tool in that there were some patients who we actually uncovered blood pressure issues that they didn't even know they had. Right. Um, other people also, the thing about doing that, we want to make our dental visit as important as a medical visit. Right. So I think that some of the things that we can do will also create value. You know, if the patient has a healthy blood pressure, that's great. It really doesn't affect us too much. But we want that to resonate with them that, boy, they're pretty thorough here. This is about like going to my doctor's office or my cardiologist or whatever. Because if they... If they have value for the appointment, they're going to be a lot less likely to cancel it. So Absolutely. I think the blood pressure just has a couple of good meaning, good reasons to I do that. I think so too, and I'm definitely finding um, you know, it's something we were taught in school, and, and sure. so many, so many times we get we get in the real world, right? Yeah. And we're in yeah. that rut, and we we get so busy that we decide that we're going to start eliminating that. But it's such Absolutely. an important, valuable tool. Sure. Uh, my sister-in-law, she's a hygienist as well, and. Um, she was telling me that recently they had a patient who uh, came in and they, they do blood pressure screenings on every patient mm -hmm. every time. And um, his blood pressure was just through the roof. Right. And um, the, the doctor, he, you know, he told, he told my sister-in-law, he said, well, you know, we cannot treat this patient that day. And so the patient was a little perturbed, mm -hmm. right? He oh, was yeah. like, well, I took off work. And right. he actually sent him straight to his doctor. He goes, yeah. And he told him, like, you have to go to your doctor, like, right now. Right. So the patient went to the doctor, and the and his doctor actually sent him to the ER. Wow. And he was on the verge of having a heart attack. So, um, you know, we talk a lot about how we are yeah. not, we are, we are healthcare sure, professionals, sure. right? Um, and then later, um, his wife sent them flowers, oh, yeah. thanking them, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's so important to do that. So what else do you feel should be on a standard of care? And, and of course, I know that every office is different because sure. they all have their their own um, standard of care and what right. products they use and whatnot. But what are some other things that you, you think is very important to be on um, Oral cancer screening, whether Absolutely. you do it uh, just a tactile and visual exam or if you use the other technologies, that has to be done. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that one thing I notice among, we, we, do you remember when we used to do the mystery shoppers? Oh yeah. That was, the, 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 everybody loved a mystery yeah. shopper. But there was a, a, a survey that went to the patient after the fact and on one particular uh, office that I was with, the patient had written that they did not get an oral cancer screening. And the hygienist said, but I did. I always do an oral cancer screen. We always do. If the patient doesn't know you're doing it, you may not as well be doing it. Exactly. Because you've got to verbalize that. So I also think that your standard of care, and it should be reviewed regularly, will help to keep you on track for those mm -hmm. things that you shouldn't be missing. And absolutely, oral cancer screening is one of those. But we, you talked about... What, are, what is our adult fluoride protocol? You know, mm -hmm. what do we consider a high-risk patient? What is a low-risk patient? And what's in between? Absolutely. Uh, what are we going to offer? 
Um, sealants. We know that sealants are, are beneficial and recommended by the American Dental Association for children and adults. But you'd be surprised at the number of offices I go in that aren't doing them on sealants uh, on children anymore either. Right. So um, you know, typically if they're a little hesitant to even think about adults, I say, well, you still got room in your children. So exactly. Um, I think that those are things that you know, if you got that once the hygiene team sits down and really has a, a powwow about mm -hmm. this that you're going to find that there may be things that we're missing. There may be things that we're not prioritizing. Right. Um, like you said, it's so easy if you're running a little behind to let some of these more important things right. uh, Absolutely. fall up through the cracks. Yeah, I think I love what you said too, just getting together and reviewing this. Do not just create it one time and never look sure. back because yeah. we evolve. We change. There's new products out there all the time, new technology. Mm -hmm. So we just want to make sure that we're keeping that standard of care up to date. Sure. Right? Yeah. If they created it 10 years ago and they've got to go, you know, look in a drawer and, you know, they blow it off and, you know, dust makes everybody <laughs> sneeze, it's probably time to review your medical <laughs> yeah. history. I would say so. Um, and also, you know, another thing I think is really important to be on there is your protocol for perio. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I'll never forget, I was in one office and um, I asked them, I said, well, what's your, what's your protocol for gingivitis, mm -hmm. right? And I had one hygienist, same office, say, well, you know, I have the patient come back. I, I, I do a pro fee and I have the patient come back a month later. Right. And then another hygienist goes, huh, I actually <laughs> have them come back two weeks later. And the third hygienist says, well, I just put them on a three-month <laughs> So I was like, what? Okay. So this is case right, in point, exactly, right? We've got exactly. to be on the same page. And so. probably none of those things were wrong necessarily. That is exactly right. That's just, what I told yeah. her. I'm like, here's the thing. No one, it's not about being right or being wrong. It's just, sure. we have to come up with what makes sense for your practice. Right, right. right. Um, so that's that's the key there. But reviewing your, your perio protocol and going through, you know, what is a patient, what is gingivitis? When are they now in active perio? And then sure. what are you going to do for those patients? I think it's, it's critical and has to go on that standard of care. Right. We know that that is the gateway to other other more serious and advanced perio. Right. Start somewhere. That's right. So, um, but yeah, I think being very detailed in anything that you do. Now, you may have, what do you think about having details attached to this? Usually we'll give them one page and say, have it all on one page so it's easy to review. But I still think that you could have very detailed specifics about each one of those things. That I, you're absolutely. I always tell offices, like, you want this to be written in a place where everyone knows where it is, right. where you pull it out and review it. Sure. Uh, and also, it should be so well written that if I were to come in and temp for your office, I can read through that and know exactly what's expected. Right, be up to speed immediately. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so again, um, just encourage you to go back with your hygiene team, get together, get get your hygienists involved with this, and right. and just go through. If you already have that written standard of care, pull it out, review it. Does it make sense? Do we need to update sure. it? And then, if you don't have a written standard of care, which I I often find this to be true. Uh, go ahead and write that out and set time to meet with your hygiene team because really this is laying the foundation for Absolutely. your hygiene department. This is why we talk about it in our very first episode. And we're going to be diving deeper into a lot of different things. Uh, that but, we'll probably say, add this to your standard yeah, of yeah, care. Add so this we, to your standard of care. <laughs> but definitely get this going and meet with your team. We really appreciate you listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe to the Hygiene Profit Leaders podcast on iTunes. We have new episodes every Tuesday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also subscribe by visiting our website, hygieneprofitleaders.com. 
There you can also download notes from the podcast, listen to previous podcasts, and learn more about who we are and what we do to help you grow your hygiene department. So stay educated.